All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome to a bonus episode. Um, you know, Trees and I have made an agreement that we won't do a VGP um, unless uh, unless we're both present and uh, he is still uh, jet-setting the world as a vacationer. So I am here and I have some uh, friends with me from the, uh, from the VGP community that were uh, kind enough to join. Uh, they may or may not make appearances uh, audibly. Um, but tonight's episode is yet another Fred Talks and I decided to go with just something that was actually a fun little idea that Trees and I were spitballing one night that he was clearly not interested in doing, which was like, what if um, we talked about um, video games and their value and their prices and whatnot? And and to be clear, um, this is just going to be kind of an open forum discussion, but this is going to be more than, yes, I'm aware there's a bubble and your GameCube games are worth way more than they used to be. Like, this is going to kind of delve into um, where video game prices and, and values are trending, why, why I think they're doing this, and um, kind of a, a little bit of history on, you know, how we got here and and why I thought this was interesting to cover. And so let's let's just dig into that one right off the bat. Why did I want to cover this? Um <laughs> well, and again, Trees is probably not interested. This was me saying, what if I got on price charting and just looked at what everything's worth, which actually to be clear, I probably will be doing to a certain degree tonight, but uh, before we get into the fun activity portion, I use scare quotes when I say that, of tonight's um, uh, episode, uh, let's get into why I want to talk about game values and game pricing. And simply put, it is one of the many things, um, but I say probably the most important thing, that video game media is not covering in any way, shape, or form. Like, no one's talking about it. Unless you count weird exceptions like, yeah, I'm real happy Polygon decided to cover Wario 64 covering PS5s for a day. But otherwise, right, it's almost taboo. I wouldn't say taboo. That's that's the wrong word for it. But it's, it's just not covered at all. I listen to video game media podcasts and, and videos all the time. I read lots of articles and people almost never talk about the price of a game. And it's gotten to the point where uh, people don't even think it matters. And that's what really kind of chafes me um, because uh, a perfect example, I'm going to throw them under the bus a little bit, but this isn't to be too critical. Mary Kish on the Fire Escape podcast, uh, Mary Kish uh, works for Twitch, but she does a side podcast with Mike Mahardy and Dan Reichert called the Fire Escape cast. And it's a very fun little comedy podcast. They don't take things too seriously. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I feel like I'm kind of throwing them under the bus because they don't want to be traditional games media. But she clearly got a free copy of The Quarry. And um, The Quarry is the newest supermassive game that came out. It's a uh, interactive horror movie of sorts. And um, she talked about this great feature that was like a huge part of why she liked the game. And the feature was you could rewind after someone dies and you had three lives throughout the whole playthrough to rewind time and try to redo it again and change the outcome. And she thought this was a big deal and a great selling point for the game. Funny thing is, that feature is only unlocked after you complete the game once, unless you have the deluxe edition. And let's get into bare bones pricing here for a minute. In US dollars, the quarry is, first of all, it's published by 2K Games. This was originally supposed to be a game on... Um, 
on um, Google's uh, Stadia platform. So I'm very happy it didn't end up there. Stadia dropped it, and 2K picked up the publishing rights. So 2K publishes it, and they do that horrible thing that Activision does where there is three SKUs. There is the Xbox One and PS4 SKU for $59.99 American. There is the Xbox Series X and PS5 SKU for $69.99 American. And then there is the Deluxe Edition SKU, which has this function. I think it's called Murder Mode or something unlocked from the moment you start playing the game for a whopping $79.99. That is a pretty hefty steep price even today for a mode that essentially gets unlocked um, afterwards. Now, to be a little fair to them, and I won't digress too much on what this package is, um, you do get two other modes that aren't available anywhere else, a 80s filter mode where it changes um, their uh, their clothes to be 80s camp clothes and stuff like that and, and, and aesthetics. Uh, it also adds a CRT filter. Um, but there's also, which is the reason why I'm very tempted to grab it, um, uh, there is a mode that makes all the deaths super gory. It's over-the-top violence. Um, but anyway... Why that's interesting is she got the game for free. In fact, I don't even think she thinks it's important to even mention what the game costs or even care what the game costs. She got it for free. She played it for free. But it's interesting that she's using a selling point that inherently either costs $80 or you have to play through a 10-hour game, which your time is money, so I think that it builds into this value equation. Um, And that's her selling point. And she is so disconnected from this, she doesn't even feel the need to mention it. She doesn't even probably know. So she doesn't even feel the need to look it up. You know, and 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 that is a problem because in all consumer um, grade reviews, as I understand, now, now mind you, video games is one of those weird things where it is a hybrid of a technical analysis oftentimes and a... Um, uh, you know, a, a artistic analysis, right? There's not many media that do that. They could do that. I think there is definitely a conversation point to be made for the technical prowess and the artistic prowess of a movie, but it's simply not what happens. Most people just focus on the artistic prowess, maybe skating, you know, to subdivide the plot, but that's about it. Um, I don't see it in too many places. It's either technical, like you're reviewing a television and you just talk about the technical details, or you're reviewing a movie. Now, in the artistic world, movies, books, things like that, yeah, oftentimes the price doesn't play into it. Although I did notice that when I was doing some research for this episode, I looked up a bunch of movie and um, and uh, music reviews, uh, which don't come out too, too often uh, you know, anymore now that Spotify and whatnot have made it so that if you just want to hear something, you just go listen to it. Um, but also uh, book reviews. And they often do publish those. Uh, in most comic and book reviews, the cover price of, those, those me- of that media is covered as part of the you know, kind of information on... Um, on the on the work, uh, I am aware that many smaller stream sites, even um, even some mainstream sites, do provide this as well. But anyway, my point is is that there has been this inherent loss. And and when I look at technical reviews like Artings, Artings, for example, looks at TVs. Of course, being a big tech junkie like I am, I'm familiar with that. They weigh the price of a television really into the equation. Like, it is definitely part of it. If a Hisense 6UG TV 
at $600 can perform similar visuals to a Sony Bravia that's $1,200, they are definitely going to mention it as a heavy factor in their review. And they'll even update their review sometimes as things get discontinued and discount prices exist. And then once it's completely discontinued and they're like, the prices you will see are now aftermarket prices and are not valid anymore. Um, so it's interesting to me that video games don't cover this. And uh, what's even more interesting, uh, I keep using that word interesting, so I'm going to stop it. I, I have a tendency to just latch onto a word when I'm impromptu and just go with it. Um, but what fascinates me as well is this was not the trend. Um, early into video game reviews, especially if you read a lot of magazines, um, the MSRP would factor into it, right? Uh, early video games, especially console video games of the 80s, um, they were seen as toys, Right, understandably so. The video game crash with Atari and whatnot that happened in 1983 um, probably led to some market perceptions, but ultimately, video games started off being marketed to kids, especially console video games that were in the home market. And so, as a result, they would be, you know, likened to toys, and toys had parents paying for them. So, you had to have the price in there so that the parents knew what you were working with. But that continued on, uh, in my opinion, and it may not be accurate. I've never run the data. No one else here is going to probably do that either. Um, OneUp.com, especially when it was owned by Ziff Davis and was had EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, as a published magazine as well, and they were kind of a hybrid company, they would frequently factor in price. Um, so much so that one of the first things that Shane Bettenhausen, who left 1UP when he joined Ignition Entertainment, did was he actually integrated the publishing price of certain video games as part of the selling point. Ignition did um, uh, Deadly Premonition on the Xbox 360, which came out at a MSRP price point of, I believe, $19.99. If not, it was $29.99. Um, and there were plenty of other examples of that where games came out at like a budgetary price and even PlayStation, you know, as early as um, the PlayStation one, you know, did their greatest hits line where they would, if it sold over a million or they determined it was a heavy hitter, they would put it into their greatest hits and later platinum hits, or actually I think platinum hits was Europe um, and, and drop the price, right? 30 bucks, 20 bucks and, and release it. Um, so I would say that video game pricing and marketing models, especially as it relates to the budgets have all always been an active factor. But in this new world, um, I started to see the trend really buck in about 2015, but I'm sure it started before that, where um, some interesting things happened in games media. And one of the biggest things was the dissolve of the video game price. And many of today's game writers are very outgoing. First of all, I don't feel like they are much in touch with their audience. I think they're actually kind of elitist and condescending to their audience, but my criticisms of game press aside, um, I, they just don't think it matters. It, they didn't pay for it. They freely admit that they probably wouldn't pay for a lot of the games they play if they did. They freely admit to when it's free. So that's fine. Um, Jason Schreier is probably one of the most candid about it. And I, I wouldn't even say this is a critical point, but he's just like, yo, if you want me to talk about your game, give it to me for free. And if you don't, fine, whatever. But I have an audience. People follow me. People love me. People want to listen to what I have to say. And if you do not, um, great, but like, I don't care. And so I don't, it doesn't factor in because I don't have time to care what the game costs. Um, <clears throat> and here's where we get to the thesis of the, the idea. I started having a new idea 
where the reason, even if this isn't truly what's happening, excuse me for a second, I can feel a frog in my throat. <coughs> Wash that down with a little bit of soda. Hopefully all's well. So the new thing is, whether Games Media wants to cover it or not, maybe it doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is not because price doesn't matter. Price very much matters. But to me, and again, audience out there, I see some of you typing. If you want to chime in, definitely let me know. But we've gotten to this point where the value of a video game is what you'll pay for it. And what you'll pay for it is in the eye of the beholder, right? It is, it is solely the decision of every one of us out there. I have purchased the quarry. I was ready to purchase the quarry at $80, um, the quarry chose its publisher, 2K, shock of the week, it's not selling as well as they would have hoped, decided to throw it on sale for $50 on the Series X version. So I managed to pick that up. I think it was 40 for the non for the vanilla Xbox One um, PS4 version, and it's sub 40 if you want it on PC. Um, but anyway, I wanted the Series X version. So I bought the Series X version. It was 50 bucks retail. Uh, the Deluxe Edition didn't drop in price, so I didn't grab it. And $50 was a perfect price point for me. For many of you out there, that is not good enough for the quarry. And of course, <laughs> the, the lovely thing um, that uh, 2K has done, which actually, I'm not going to turbo criticize this, um, but uh, I actually think it's a good thing that they have the options. But um, let's say you buy the Xbox One version. You can pay the $10 to buy the upgrade to have access to it. So many would say I was a fool for buying the Xbox Series X version for $50 because I could have bought the Xbox One version for $40, bought the upgrade, and then had access to both versions. My retort to that is I have an Xbox One X that's in a tub that I keep for historical reference and if I should ever need it um, and for a little bit of testing. But by and large, I don't have an Xbox One, so I have no need for going back to the old version. But I digress. Um, but that's that's an option. You can upgrade it. And then for the special edition, it's a $15 upgrade. So if I ever decide to upgrade my $50 copy of the Quarry, I can pay $15 and upgrade it to the special edition. I don't know if I will or not. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, Clue chimes in on a couple of these things. He says, kind of reminds me of a review of Bayonetta 2 that, after a long description of highs and lows, gave it a solid recommendation if you liked that genre. But then it pointed that it was a Wii U exclusive, and, you've, and if you like that type of game you might not own a Wii U. Uh, hold on real quick. And so there was this discussion about that. And Andrew says, fast forward to the current year, it's on Switch. There you go. I mean, all of these are kind of chiming back to the reality that, um, uh, well, it's back to the reality of like, will you buy it, right? And so I think what Clue is chiming in on, or at least here's my interpretation of what you say here. Like that reviewer is saying, well, Bayonetta 2 is great, and this is my thoughts on it, but you should know it's on Wii U, and you might not buy it because it's on Wii U, right? And, um, you know, I, I think, I think um, Andrew, to chime in on what you're saying, I think the Switch is the most interesting discussion point here because the Switch is both the selling point and the non-selling point to a lot of people. Um, and this kind of goes back to... What I'm saying, where like video games are what you'll pay for them, you know, and 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 that that 
differs depending on who you are. Maybe, and so let's let's get into some examples here. So here, let's go to GameStop. I know, laugh it up. But let's go to GameStop because I know they've got a sale going on right now. Okay, here we go. 50% off games. Okay, hot new hotness. Here we go. So I'm looking at GameStop. Uh, if you were here live, you can see it visually. Um, if you're not, then you can't. It is what it is. Um, and first and foremost... Um, they're sorting by best matches. Let's see if there's a popularity. Let's go to most popular. Let's sort by most popular. As a person who um, scans databases for a living, um, that is literally my role. I'm always fascinating to tweak the data and see what we come up with. Okay, so according to this, and this is great marketing right here, GameStop's most popular is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, uh, which is $59.99 and not on sale at all. So uh, way to go, GameStop. You're, you're, you're killing it, buddy. But anyway, uh, to my shock, but well, no, to my surprise, but not shock, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, still one of the most popular games. It is right behind Super Smash Bros. at $48.99. Uh, GTA 5 on the PS4, uh, $20. Bucks. Let's see here. So to some of you, like maybe that's worthwhile. Let's see here. Uh, we've got Tokyo Mirage Sessions, 28 bucks used. Now it's used, which that's a different conversation as well, right? Like it's all in who is shopping for these items. Here we go. Here's a little bit more of what I was looking for. So here we go. Elden Ring, 50 bucks. Game's normally 60. Didn't go on sale much. Sold like hotcakes, like 12 million copies or something I heard. Um... 50 bucks is a, what, roughly 20% discount over 60? It's like a 18% discount or whatever. Maybe 50 is the push point where if you weren't going to buy it at 60, you'll now buy it at 50. I doubt it, but it's a factor there, right? And this is, the, I mean, all of these sales, you've got Gears 5 at 10 bucks. You've got God of War at 20, like... Like, these are either the price points that you'll pick them up at, or they are not. Um, and again, these are GameStop prices, which I probably shouldn't have picked a retailer that also goes used, right? Because to a certain extent, you're always playing that game of, is this new or used? Now, to be fair to GameStop, they've made it pretty clear. I can see right here, most of the prices I just gave you were for new games. I indicated the ones that were used. Um, but by and large, these are new games. And so we know what we're going to get. Um, but... You know, to me, there's been kind of three subdivisions for me when buying a new game these days, which is when a new game comes out, I either know if I want it day one or not. And you can use whatever metric you want. If you want to believe the hype and FOMO and blah, 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 whatever your excuse is for buying a game day one, you're expecting to pay retail price. And just so we're clear, friends, retail price is $70 per game. Yes, I understand many of you out there may not have a PS5 or a Series X. I do understand that Microsoft is largely trying to hold to the $60 price point for Xbox Series games. And I also understand that probably a majority of gamers out there are playing either on the Switch, the PlayStation 4, and there's those handful of you out there on the Xbox One. Gotta love you. Um, and all your games are coming out still at $60. That's fine. But... You're signing on for that price point. And then there's those collector's editions and all those ridiculous things that get... They're ridiculous to me. They're not ridiculous necessarily to you. Um, and if you'll pay $300 for the Thor's Hammer edition of God of War that doesn't even have the game or whatever that price point is, 
you know, if you'll pay it, who cares what other people think? And I think that's that's kind of like the the point is so I'm either buying a day one at full price and whether I buy a digital or tangible is kind of up to me and kind of up to you out there. Uh, this is not going to be a discussion of the tangible to the digital. I do plan on covering that in a different context at some future date, but we aren't going to do that today. But what I basically run the rule of is if you're buying a Xbox One game that has a free upgrade or a PS4 game that has a free upgrade, on that disc is the PS4 version, not the PS5 or the Series X version. And you should just keep that in mind. Uh, That means that if you have any dependencies to servers, that can be... Yeah, that can be volatile, we'll say. Uh, digital is always volatile, right? It shouldn't go away, but it probably will. Uh, but it's my experience. Uh, sorry, it probably won't, actually, but I hope it never does. And it's been my experience that the things that go away are upgrades. And my only frame of reference is the PS3 to PS4. Um, And there was the equivalent to Xbox 360 to Xbox One. I don't know if you remember, but Call of Duty Ghosts came out and it had a, it was either free or I think it was 10 bucks upgrade. You bought the PS3 version, you got a $10 upgrade to PS4. And you would put your PS3 disc into your PS4 and it would download. Well, guess what happens when you put your PS3 disc into your PS5? It does not download. The upgrade does not count. I would expect the same to be true if the PS6 comes out. If you have a PS4 game right now, let's say Final Fantasy VII, and you got the free upgrade, or the pay, uh, I think it was a free upgrade, to Final Fantasy VII PS5, when the PS6 comes out, your PS4 disc is now considered a PS4 game, and your upgrade doesn't mean dick to your PS6. And that's just something to keep in mind. Um, Whereas if you have the PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII and you put it in your PS6, it's going to see the PS5 version. There are, again, exceptions. Halo being the biggest one. Halo Infinite has, like, nothing. (laughs) Oh, and cheers, Clue. Have a good night. Um, Halo Infinite has, like, nothing on the disc, so who knows what happens when you pop that in. (laughs) Hopefully Microsoft figures it out and keeps that infrastructure in place. But I wouldn't trust upgrades as much all. Um teach their own. But then again, I don't really care much whether I'm using a tangible disc or an intangible disc. There I go. I'm throwing caution to the wind. Um, but keep in mind, I'm a person who hacks consoles. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're going to get shut down the PS3 store, then I'm going to hack my PS3 and allow myself, even if it does also open up the gateway to piracy, I'm going to allow myself and show the kind of restraint to try not to pirate games and instead just take advantage of what I have. But make no mistake about it, if I bought Call of Duty Ghosts from you and you told me I could play the PS4 version and the PS4 version does not allow me to play it anymore, then if I hack my console, I'm going to find a way to get, attain, and use the PS4 version of Call of Duty Ghosts. Even that shitty game. Imagine what I'm going to do for a more pivotal game. But I've gone off the beaten path. Let's, yeah, that's right. So let's let's circle back to the value of games. And so um, it is what you'll pay for it in a modern day sense. And this is where we're going to go into the second part. And the second part of this is... Um, what what are games worth, uh, especially in the used market? I, I am I am fascinated by this, and I want to have some fun with this. But um, for modern day games, to me, you're either buying it day one in any form you want at retail price, or you're waiting for a price drop, which does happen typically quite fast. And then there is that secondary market: your Game Stops, your Game Flies, and your Ebay's, which are ready to start selling you games used, kind of right after they come out. Um, 
that's covered. So then you go into the retro market, and not even the heavy retro market. I'll give you an easy example of what I've been looking into lately. So there's a game called Fear, um, which stands for, oh God, what was it? First Encounter Assault Recon. That's what it was, Fear. Um, Monolith Games made a game on the PC, and it was basically one of your, you know, bullet time type first-person shooters. And it had Alma, it's the girl from the well in the ring, uh, who's your your bad guy. But um, but anyway, Fear has been around for a long time. It was actually on Xbox and PlayStation digital stores for a long time. And then it was pulled recently. It was probably because of rights of some kind. Anyway, then the surprise thing happened. Fear got suddenly part of Xbox's backward compatibility program. And so then suddenly, Fear went from being a $4 game to now being a $15 game loose, according to price charting today, and a $20 game complete, which, come on, guys, I mean, five more bucks. Get the case in the manual. Um, but I digress. Um, you see these games suddenly jump in price. And if you go on eBay, it's it's an even crazier story because Fear is selling for more in the $20, $30 range right now. Now, eBay is not a good indicator of what a game's worth per se. You just get to take a look at what the asking price is and decide whether or not you want to buy it. Um, but these games suddenly spike for completely... Uh, I, I wouldn't say arbitrary reasons, but for reasons that I wouldn't have expected. And as a result of it, um, you're suddenly like, oh my God, what happened to these games? And so this comes back to um, what I was kind of wondering and what I was talking to Trees about, which is like, what is a game worth nowadays that you're just like shocked by? And what I do like about price charting is it can kind of give us a feel for like how these prices have changed. So... Fear Files is another funny one. So Fear Files is the standalone expansions for Fear. Came out on the 360. Um, I think it was a 360 exclusive. But that one's worth a lot. And I think it was rare to begin with. It's disc only, it's 35. Complete, it's 40. And again, on eBay, I've seen more like 40 to 50. Um, but what's interesting is I watched the price. And it was, it looks like November 2021, it had like a complete price of 15 bucks. And then all of a sudden in... December, it's 75, right? And it's kind of the market has readjusted down to like 45. So you wonder like what happened in, you know, this is some of the stuff that I like to look up that I find fascinating. So why did suddenly a bunch of people in the market decide that fear was worth, fear files on the 360 was worth 75 bucks in December of 2021? So this is where I take to Google. So let's let's take a look and let's try to figure it out. I, I have not done this research in advance. So um, I'm going to guess it's backward compatible. Um, and I'm not going to figure out whether or not it's backward compatible. Um but let's look up Fear Backward Compatible Xbox One and see when that happened and when it was announced. When did this happen? The entire Max Payne series and Fear franchise are now playable on Xbox Series X, according to the Xbox blog, on, yep, November 15th, 2021. This is FOMO, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they announced that and everyone bought it up. So... That's an interesting spike that we keep seeing time and time again. So what I find interesting 
and what I'd like to see Microsoft do in this regard is why make a game backward compatible if it's not going to be available on your digital marketplace? Like what is, <laughs> Andrew says Max Payne 1 plus 2 PC to PS4, PS5 port when? Exactly. Um, and they, I don't know if they want to do that work, although Remedy did just do um, Alan Wake. So hopefully they'll go back. Wait, actually, hold on. Are you thinking of something I'm, I, uh, you already know that I didn't. Did they say that they were going to? Hold on. There we go. Yeah, I think this is, okay. Here we go. Uh, Max Payne's remake. Uh, the Max Payne remake will be exclusive to the current console generation plus PC. That means PS5, Series X, S. Um, April 8th, 2022. So apparently, at least according to inverse.com, um, Max Payne remakes coming. And this may be well known already by, by Remedy, but there you go. He says, I just want a non-blurry version with the PlayStation buttons. I respect that. I absolutely respect that. Kind of makes me wonder, but again, we shouldn't expect modders to do this. And it looks like this was on a lot of other stuff. IGN reported on it, so it must be true, right? Um, but, but yeah, I, um, I'm sure modders have put in, uh, PlayStation buttons, but maybe they haven't. Maybe most people on PC are, are understandably not using gamepads. But um, we shouldn't expect modders to do this anyway. But yeah, I, I do think this FOMO stuff is, is pretty interesting, especially when stuff hits backward compatibility when they're not in the store. And I still question the judgment and it may just be an accident, right? But I question, like, why in the world would you make something backward compatibility compatible that people can't buy? Because you actually spike the aftermarket market. And then, you know who doesn't get that money? Monolith. Whoever publishes Fear right now. I think it's Warner Brothers. They don't get any money from it. The only people who get money from it, the random schmucks who own it and want to sell it now. And if I had Fear Files and it was 75 bucks, you bet your ass I'd sell it right now. Um, and there's also, you know, just the the conversation of like um, used retailers and being down in Branson, Missouri recently. I'll be talking about that on the next episode of um, uh, VGP. Um, went to some flea shops and yeah, those boys and girls definitely have... Um, <laughs> will we'll definitely uh, definitely have the internet and know how to look up the value of their games. And anything that was unknown was picked over and extrapolated from even the small tourist trap of Branson, Missouri long ago. And I suspect that's by and large the circumstance in most used shops in America. Can't get away with it. Um, Andrew says, brilliant idea, release more rare games on PSN. Yes, thank you. And he he lists some great examples. Blood Will Tell, PS1 Klonoa, Haunting Ground. Now I will say, oh, here we go. Austin's chiming in. Can't listen in, but the only thing I can add to the discussion is crazy how many Switch physical games are crazy expensive. Not even limited run, just regular games. Excellent point. So let's play around with this for a minute. So this was, this was another thing I wanted to do. So I'm going to let price charting do the work for me. Um, to be clear, price charting is not the only game in town. It's just the one that will get me the quickest look at something that at least it's using market data and trends. But here we go. So I looked up Switch. We're on Switch US games. And let's see. Let's sort by, not by popularity. Let's sort by price high to low. Here we go. So what's worth the most? Well, we've got the Tsum Tsum Disney Joy-Cons, which are worth 1100 bucks if you got them in a box. 
Wish I jumped in on that. But let's see here. Um, let's look into stuff that, yeah, and I don't know all of the limited run game stuff, but I bet Nintendo Switch Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Edition was not a limited run game. That is $430 complete in box. How about the um, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse? That one might have been limited run. Sorry, hold on. Um, let's go. Come on, let's move fast. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the No More Heroes Santa Destroy bundle, eh, that might have the game in it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This might not have been, this might have been limited run. This might not have been. No, I bet that Gal Gun Free Hugs Edition, which probably has a little hug thing in it. Um, that, that bad boy is worth, uh, let's see, where was it? It was worth like 300 bucks or something. Um, yeah, there we go. It's worth uh, 295 complete in box. Um, but let's go. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot of examples. So I'm just going to try to pump out stuff. I'm sorry if these are limited run or not, but like Celeste, $300 in box. Stubbs, the zombie rebel without a pulse, a game not worth $216, but on the Wii, it is complete in box. Um, Let's see here. Darksiders Genesis, collector's edition though, but it is what it is. 180 bucks. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. Wait, wait, that's not even out yet. And it's worth, weird, 183. Okay, we won't trust that one. But yeah, okay, and it does call out when it's limited run, so... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Andrew. Uh, well, here, I'll show you. Um, let's take a look at it. So he says, wait, Celeste for Switch is over. Um, here we go. It's the collector's edition. Sorry, I probably takes people off. That is the limited run one. So let's, uh, yeah, please put down your torches. I didn't mean to oversell what Celeste is worth. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry trying to get away from limited editions. Let's get down to like the more nitty gritty. Okay. So, cause like he said, not all of them are like super collector's editions. So what is this? Moero Chronicle Hyper. So Moero, Moero Chronicle H, which might be a semi hentai game, but whatever. Complete in box, 105 bucks. Um, let's see here. Uh, um, here we go. Celeste. There you go. Actually, here we go. Andrew, I wasn't far off though. Celeste complete in box, but it is a limited run. Looks like 124.45. And it looks like that jumped up in price in March of this year. But yes, Celeste for the Switch is over that. Um, here we go. Here's an interesting one. Outlast 2. Oh, these are all limited run, though. God damn it, limited run. You've created, like, this cottage industry of people kind of, like, seeing stuff jump. No dog on you personally, but uh, it's, it's hard to find. Let's see. Is this a limited run? No, it's not. Okay, here's another example. But again, these are kind of similar. Um, Caligula Effect Overdose, 96.75 complete in box. That's a NIS. And NIS, of course, has a limited run as well. Um... But here we go. There was a Switch version of Ikaruga. I wasn't even aware of that. And probably has a Tate mode. But 
that one went right away. It, it came out uh, and was probably hard to find because it came out in November 2020, and it's been uh, 80, 90 bucks ever since. But complete in box is 90 bucks for Ikaruga. And so, yeah, these are newer games that are worth a ton of money just now. Attack on Titan 2, 80 bucks. That's a Koei Tecmo joint, you know? Like, it's interesting what these are worth. Um, here's the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection. Uh, this was released by SNK, 82 bucks. Like, these are... Um, oh, here we go. Fun fact, limited run claims they sell all copies. They lose copyright, meaning other companies can make their own versions. There you go. So won't even be limited run for long. But yeah, there are just a ton of games and he's not kidding. Like if you just keep looking, like I'm just watching the list go and go and go as I scroll through it of um, games that are just well over $60 used. Like you don't see that in many other places. I mean, Turok, that was a limited run game, but like Turok Dinosaur Hunter, I can get that game for like 10 bucks on Steam, 15 bucks on console. Seven, uh, probably even in the eShop, and it's $72 in box for what is essentially a very well done Nintendo 64 port. Um, but yeah, so it's just very interesting to me. And even newer stuff, like here's, well, it's probably limited run again. Sorry. I'm gonna try to dance away from, um, from, uh, uh, switch for a minute, but it does prove my point as to the weird like hunger of a market all of a sudden. Um, so let's go older. There were some game systems that just blew my mind. By and large, the biggest one that blows my mind, and this probably helps that I own it, is let's look at the Atari Jaguar for a minute. So I'm going to go look at, let's, I think it is sorted by price high to low. Okay, cool. Limited or price charting actually remembers your settings as you move between the different fields. so I knew a Jaguar CD system was worth a lot. I was looking for one for a long time. I remember scoffing at paying $300 for a Jaguar CD. They're now worth 820 loose, 1100 complete in box. Not worth it, kids. But uh, the modern ports of Turok are 60 FPS, but they had to speed up the game. No one cares, and that is sad. That is sad. If that's not what it was, right, it makes sense that they would have built it for 30 FPS. I'll have to go, I have the 60 FPS ports on Xbox. I'll have to play those and see, but I don't like the fact that they had to speed up the game. Um, But I digress. Um, So a Jaguar CD, 1100 bucks. If you have a Jaguar CD, sell it now. Just sell it, just sell it, just sell it. Um, Atari Jaguar system, $400, $395, loose. And I have a loose Jaguar. Complete in box is 510. My Jaguar doesn't have the box, but I have all the instructions and manuals and everything. Makes me wonder. Very tempting to sell it, but yeah, no. Um, Austin says, yeah, Turok definitely feels off, especially the first one. Incredibly difficult on third level due to the speed. Well, that sucks. That's unfortunate. But I'm using that as my justification to then play it on my Nintendo 64 flashcard. But I digress. Uh, Back to this. So looking here, there's a lot of games worth a lot on um, Jaguar. What's interesting is I own some of these games. One of the games I own is Rayman. 150 bucks cart only, which is all I have. I just have the cart. I need to get rid of that. Uh, I, I saw an NBA Jam Tournament Edition. I had the four-player adapter for the Jaguar, and I didn't have four controllers, so I was not never going to use it. I sold my NBA Jam Tournament Edition with its four-player adapter for well over $200 recently, although I'm looking now, and the complete in-box price is $190 for the game alone, so got zinged. Um, 
But yeah, um, the best version of Rayman 1 is free anyway. Yes, you're correct, Andrew, and I've talked about it on this show, which is that PC port. Rayman Redemption, yes. Uh, so just so people know. But uh, just looking at some of the stuff I could still make some money on, um, I have Defender 2000 complete in box, 125 bucks. That's staggering to me. But Defender 2000 can only be found on the Jaguar. Let's look at some stuff that can be found elsewhere and better. Doom. <laughs> Doom Jaguar is actually a pretty damn good port, but 109.72, so 110 bucks complete in box. And I do have a complete in box copy of Doom that's in pretty good shape, comes with the manual and all the inserts. The bigger one is Raiden. Raiden, the vertical shooter, it's in 30 frames a second on the Jaguar, and it's not the best looking version. Hands down, um, the Raiden collection on. Um, on the PS1 is better. Uh, but Raiden, I can get 81 bucks for my complete in box. Alien versus Predator, 150 bucks for my complete in box. And yes, I do have the version with all of the inserts. Tempest 2068, eh. Actually, it looks like this filter changed because I feel like price high to low is no longer in there. Uh, maybe it is, but it's com it's going off of loose price. Yeah, it is going off of loose price. That's why. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, case in point, there is a gold mine here on the Jaguar, and I think this bubble's going to burst. Wolfenstein 3D, 87 bucks. Come on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got to say, like, if you have a lot of money sank into Jaguar, get out now. The composite cable is 56.66. Friends, I have the... <laughs> I see what you did there, Andrew. That was a Metal Gear reference. But um, but yeah, the I have the S-Video cables, and I also have the SCART cable. Not to mention, I now have RGB cables that go into component. But wow. Like, when a composite cable is 56 bucks, it just sounds like that is falling out of fashion, right? Like, it's just... it's um, it, it, Like, no one really has it, and the people who do have it kind of want to keep it. So if anyone's interested in some of the most um, popular Jaguar games, complete in box, hit me up because um, for uh, probably 500 bucks, I would part with my eight or 10 really high-end games. I bet you no one listening right now is interested in that. But let's go over to some other things. Um, anyone out there and the listeners are welcome to give me a system. But I want to go over and look at the PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 is one of those ones where I feel like the bubble hasn't quite hit yet, um, but we know the GameCube has, right? So let's look over at the PlayStation 2, and Andrew may have some some thoughts on this. So I'm I'm loosely also thinking about that because of um, his uh, his interest, but I don't know that you really care much about what these games are worth. Uh, the big dog I'm seeing near the top. What is Kuan? Is that the? Um, it is. It's the uh, PS2 version of um, of the Ring, right? No, that's Juon. No, that's uh, Juon was um, the Grudge. Anyway, Kuon. I believe Kuon was also on the Wii. Let's see. No, huh? It's only on the PlayStation Two. Anyway, that is hands down the most expensive PlayStation Two game. Seven hundred fifty bucks, complete in box. Four hundred and thirty loose. Uh, my big one rule of rose, uh, that's now worth $700 complete in box. I got rid of my rule of rose for probably 400 and thought I was a God, but, um, 
I am shocked to see that um, Haunting Ground, I still have my complete in-box copy of Haunting Ground 337, but to search back to... Um, <laughs> eh, you can throw out a couple just while we're looking at this. I like what Andrew's saying, though. Get We know that the PS2 emulation, even though I don't think it's great on the PS4, it exists, and as long as you can get it in some people's hands, no one's going to pay 337 bucks for Haunting Ground unless they're completing a collection or have some lust for it that far exceeds like what what we're going to do like like 337 bucks is too high for any game i would have never played that paid that um silent hill shattered memories is 318 that one must just be rare that's my my whole thing um let's see what else we've got here sweet get in five is 155 that one i could see having some popularity um, I always laugh at the Futurama thing. I think it's super rare on both Xbox and PS2, but Futurama being 120 bucks loose disc and 230 around here in Kansas City, there's always someone on Craigslist trying to drop their Futurama copy for like 150 bucks, and they're like, "It's a great deal," and they use the price charting link to show us. Um, of course, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I remember an opportunity to buy that for like 60 bucks at a local GameStop way back, complete in box, and I was like, "Nah, I'm never gonna." do that who needs that and i got marvel versus capcom 2 on like the ps3 and that's 170 bucks could have made some money off of it um and there are some games that did get the ports like god hand i don't think it's on ps4 but i know it got a ps2 port um on the ps3 store so if you have a ps3 that's still working and they're pretty cheap if you don't you can get on the store you can't get on the website but you can buy god hand for like 10 bucks or something um one mention, one game on the PS Triple. Okay, we'll go to the PS Triple in a minute because I do want to move over there. Uh, let's see. Obscure is up to 214. Does make me wonder what uh, Obscure is on the Xbox. I thought that was going to move big time when I sold it like a couple years back on the original Xbox. And I ended up getting like 40 bucks for it or something. Um, I do remember making a mint on Silent Hill 2 and 3. Looks like Silent Hill 3 is 140 Silent Hill 2, I did not have the greatest hits version, which, Andrew, you know, is the greatest hits version the one I want for Silent Hill 2 or not? I'm going to guess it's not, but... Okay, so Black... Well, actually, no. Silent Hill 2, Black version. Yeah, he's saying yes, and the price is definitely reflecting that. The greatest hits version of Silent Hill 2, 85 disc, 125 new uh, complete in box the black box version 72 and 99 so okay so i had the wrong version the reason i sold those was actually i have silent hill 2 on um however you can buy platinum it's optimized okay i have the silent hill 2 version on xbox i believe it's derived from the greatest hits port of um silent hill 2 on ps2 but it might be based off of the pc version that weird pc version that like no one knows is there but um let's see here I can't tell if Kingsfield is popular because it's from software or because it's rare. It's probably a bit of both. Um, let's see here. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance with the Edema bonus CD. You don't want to let go of, uh, you know, pop punk rock band. Uh, I don't even know if they were that. They might have been Screamo Edema, but... Um, my Gradius 5 is 60 bucks. That's cool. I do love that complete in box. It's only two bucks more. Um, let's see here. I did ditch all my fatal frames because those are actually all available on the PS triple. If you've got a PS three, you can buy that version. Um, and it works fine. Uh, let's see here. 
Yeah, we're getting pretty low in the in the list, but um, looks like the limited edition of Metal Gear Three Subsistence is 135 bucks. So, but that's the limited edition, so that makes sense. Klonoa Two, 71 bucks, really. Hmm. I was unaware that <clears throat> that was that popular, but as it goes down, you know, that's about it. But yeah, nothing too surprising here. The Red Star Baby never came out on PAL MGS Subsistence is way cheaper and also optimized. There you go. That's another thing. He brings up a very good point for people to think about, which is that um, PAL copies and J- Japanese copies can often be not only the better version of certain games, course you got to know your stuff about pal and ntsc we're not going to cover that on this episode but you know something to keep in mind for people but uh that can sometimes uh definitely help things a lot um some of the best versions are the pal versions um and then uh with japan and and pal ps2 games actually to a certain extent you can have the pal ones that do 60 hertz and in japan you can have the japanese games that have english so um i am Kind of intrigued by 68 bucks for the document of Metal Gear Solid 2. I think I don't care that I have that anymore. I'm also seeing my copy of Predator Concrete Jungle on the PS2 is worth 60.75 complete in box. This is the stuff that blows my mind. I'm going to have to start selling some of this shit. <laughs> Hands down. But uh, I digress. Wow, my copy of Resident Evil Dead Aim is worth 47.78. I didn't think I'd ever... I, I probably still won't get much for that. And then My How the Mighty Have Fallen is Jurassic Park Operation Genesis is actually worth less than Final Fight Streetwise. <laughs> Final Fight Streetwise, 30 bucks loose in disc, 55 complete in box. Just don't, folks. Just just don't. But anyway. All right. All right, Andrew, since you mentioned it, let's go to the PS3. Uh, ba ba ba. PS3. Okay. Some of these have done some crazy stuff, but let's look at the prices. Ah, the post-pandemic edition of The Last of Us makes me wonder what that was like. Thousand bucks. Kind of saddens me that The Last of Us press kit is 750 because that means enough of them have sold that they can get price concepts for it. Let's see how often it's sold. Um, Looks like it was one sale per year, but yeah, press guys shouldn't be selling those things. Anyway, I digress. What do I know? Who am I to sit here and judge them? I did used to have the Japanese copy of Aquanaut, or the the Asian copy of Aquanaut's Holiday. Ended up selling that for like 150 bucks. It's now at 277, but still. There's a Siberia Complete Collection. Was that only in Europe? Uh, No, no. Looks like it came out in America. Obviously, I'm in the American stuff. But yeah, if you have the Siberia Complete Collection, you can have Siberia 1, 2, and 3. You can buy those for about $3 on GOG. Um, or even on console, and you can get rid of your copy for like over 250 bucks. I would recommend that. So do not buy. Fred, stay away from Siberia on PS3. Don't worry, I will not be buying it. Um, The copies of Siberia I have are the GOG versions, but I've never played them. I do believe I got that collection as like a deal or something. Might have even been part of a humble thing, but... It's 4x3 stretch with Comic Sans font. Yes. So the same people who did the uh, Silent Hill <laughs> HD collection uh, lent their their technique over here. Um, so let's see here. I always get excited when I see Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch, but then I see Wizards Edition is the version that's worth 250 bucks, and I go, aww. 
Uh, let's see. I do have this PlayStation 3D display. I still use it today. It's got one millisecond of lag delay. And if you hook up the component cables to a PSP, it scales perfectly to that screen. And it does 3D display in a weird way. Like you can do a thing where uh, you, they're active shutter glasses. You can stand someone on the left side and on the right side and they, they each, like it interlaces the image. So you only see your side. It's pretty interesting. Um, but uh, looks like that thing's worth 200 bucks. Seeing as how it was retail like 500, that doesn't surprise me. I think I bought it for like 100 bucks on clearance at a GameStop. Let's see what jumps out. And uh, of course, Andrew, if you want to mention the game or games you were looking at, you can let me know. I do have this Mortal Kombat fight stick. 140 bucks is pretty pricey, but it was a very good fight stick. I think I bought it used at some local mom and pop shop for like 50 bucks. Uh, let's see here. So far, just limited edition stuff. Let's see, but we're still in the hundreds. Here we go. Um, so Africa looks like it's 132. Um, let's see. Yes, please do mention what you have so we can look for it. I do have the memory card adapter. I do have that USB PS2 memory card adapter, which is actually more useful for um, for <laughs> PC gaming emulation and whatnot than for actual use in the PS3, but I am able to back up all of my PS1 and PS2 memory cards legitimately with it. So that's worth 80 bucks and uh, well worth it. Uh, let's see, he says, Legend of Spyro, Dawn of the Dragon. Okay, let's do this here. Um, and just to verify, that is... Um, PAL or it's um, US. Xbox 360 is identical but has more bloom and it sucks. There we go. So he has the superior version. Um, looks like 65 complete in box. Not too shabby. And if you've got it sealed, which I don't think you do, but because uh, I don't think you have it for collection, I think you have it to play the game. Um, uh, you might have it to collect it, but I, I don't think you have it to have that sealed in box shelf. That, that stuff I still don't understand. I get it, but I don't get it. Um, but yeah, nice. That is no joke for a freaking PlayStation 3 game. Uh, let's see here. I saw those Spider-Man games go way up. Kind of makes me cry that I sold those for so cheap back in the day. I probably sold those off for like 30 bucks a piece. Um, Let's see if I have anything of any value. Uh, nothing yet. Um, I never did keep any of my Spider-Man games. There you go. We've got yours. Yours, Spyro. Dawn of the Dragon. Ooh, Splatterhouse is probably my big one. I do have the PS3 version of Splatterhouse. I have the 360 version as well, and I've never gotten rid of either of them. But Splatterhouse looks like it's 67 complete in box, 54 disc only. Mine happens to be in between. Mine does have a case and art, but it does not have a manual. And the disc is in great condition. Uh, nearly flawless, in fact. Let's see what we have here. Anything else? Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions has come down, which that was the better of those games. I have the Puppeteer, 60 bucks. That's interesting. Um, I do have the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, that limited edition, 62. Um, he's saying, wait, I'll let him wait. 
Did you go over PS1? I have not gone over PS1, and maybe it's a good time to switch over, and then we will get to Xbox, because I want to play around with those for a little bit, too. I'm just having fun with this. Um, but looking here, that shitty Rambo the video game looks like it's 47, but yeah, uh, I think we're, we're already there. I'm already seeing the, burst, the bubble start to burst a little bit, though, because I remember Saw 2 being worth like over a hundred bucks for a short spell. And now it's like 30 to 50, depending on which version you've got. I'm seeing all the Spider-Man games. They're now worth like 60 bucks, which isn't that low, but keep in mind friends, like these games came out at 60 bucks. So conceivably most people who have them probably paid somewhere near that price. So let's switch over to the PS1 because PS1 is interesting because it kind of has a bubble, right? Like we're seeing with these trends, um, the average and median prices are all over the place. So, um, here we are on PS1 and we're looking at US games. So I'm still beside myself on the, uh, Klonoa. The Klonoa is 485 bucks complete and like 235 disc only. Like, what? Uh, so we get into is always big 204, 337. Um, Clock Tower 2, which makes me go, is this the one that, yeah, this is original Clock Tower. They're calling it Clock Tower 2 because we know it is, but this is the PlayStation Clock Tower 1. It is the sequel to Clock Tower, but we all knew it in America as Clock Tower 1. Um, so that's 418. 418, kids. Anyway, Batman Forever Arcade. That is a 31 megabyte rip on the disc. <laughs> And it's 326. For PS1, I got Klonoa 1 for slightly more than 100 bucks for a birthday. That was like 50, five to six years ago. Great condition. Well, good. That should be a coveted part of your collection. Again, keep in mind, we're talking about value, right? Like, Andrew kind of pinpoints this. Like, who cares what he can get for it because he's never going to sell it. And I don't know that you're never going to sell it. But at this point, it sounds like a coveted part of your collection. And I think it's fantastic that you get to not only have it, and appreciate it, but you know it's worth a decent amount of money. Like that's the trifecta, right? Like, so uh, that's that's really cool. Um, I know our type Delta got discontinued on PSN. I I don't think that's the only reason why it's worth two hundred complete in box, but I think it helps. Um, and what's really interesting is Klonoa is actually on. PSP, Vita, and PS3. I think the PSP store is closed now, but you can buy it on Vita or uh, PS3. And if you do, it does unlock it on your PSP. Um, although if the store is closed, I don't think you can download it anymore. There must be some way you can get to it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, let's see here. Einhander. <laughs> That's an interesting shooter that takes some time to get used to. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Limited Edition. I don't have the Limited Edition. Silent Hill's gotten up there. 175 bucks, 97 disc only. Shadow Tower, I did buy the PS1 version of it at $300 complete in box and 90 for just the disc. That's a good one. I should also point out Silent Hill is also on the PS3 um, slash uh, PS Vita ones. I also have Tail Concerto. It's a French release, meaning Japanese audio and French subtitles. Interesting. Let's take a look at that one. Uh, there we go. That bad boy is not cheap. Uh, in fact, 
Depends on the version. I'm pretty certain you this is the version you have or a version of the version you have. So this game looks interesting. It's a Bandai joint? See, I don't even know what this game is, but complete uh, over 100 bucks, 113. So yeah, yeah. And even loose disc, 73. That sounds cool though with um, uh, Japanese audio and French subs. I always like the undubs, right? I know I might not be alone but it might be a mixed bag there but yeah um man so here's one that just brings me back the long box version of d i see is worth 104.23 complete in box 76.87 disc only which i don't know how they can tell or maybe it was always only ever in long box um but back in the day at funco land when gamestop was funco land these copies of D were like 10 bucks. You could have got them. They were all over the place. In, um, now, mind you, this was in the early 2000s. But yeah, in Chicago and the suburbs, psh, that was easy. That was easy to get. Um, Alundra's always kind of been a heavy hitter. Symphony of the Night still sits strong. The Black Label Edition, 66 disc only, 134 complete in box. Uh, these games are a passion project for CyberConnect 2. Seems every time they save some money to make another game in the Tale Concerto series. Recently, they released a new one, Fuga Melodies of Steel. Interesting. So what's the genre real quick? And while I'm looking through this, I'm curious what the genre of game is. I'm sure I could easily look it up, but why do that when I have you right here? My copy of Diablo Complete in Box is up to 71 bucks. <laughs> it's actually beating Suikoden. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, let's see here. My buddy Adam still has his box, complete in box copy with both discs of rival schools. I should tell him it's worth 135 bucks. Let's see here. Darkstalkers 3 of really not great genre changes, same universe. Oh, okay. Um, Darkstalkers 3, not a great port, as I recall. Or maybe it was the great port. I forget. I don't think that has to do with this price, though. But 105 complete and disc Dino Crisis 2 I never I have it digitally but I never had a a copy Street Fighter the movie is 85 complete Whew. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis 56 bucks see I feel like that one's gone down whereas my copy of Resident Evil complete in box is 85 85 dollars for Resident Evil 1 it just blows my mind oh and here's D uh, so I guess it did have a non-long box version there you go and the gem, we'll close with the gem. The Crow City of Angels. <laughs> Don't buy the Crow City of Angels. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're going to wrap up here a little bit. But I do want to take this time to look into a couple of other things. Um, I wonder if the original Xbox has anything of strong value while we're looking here. Let's see what their big ones are. Something that's actually... So Futurama on Xbox is 200 bucks. So that's a big one. Marvel vs. Capcom, 107, but it drops off heavily. I cannot believe my copy of Obscure is now 110. Holy smokes, I gave it away. I gave it away. Um, 71 bucks for the HDAV pack, so my component cable pack is worth a bunch. Otogi 2, which is available, readily available in digital formats, now 102. It is backward compatible, but if you have it, I'd sell my copy for 100 bucks and get my hands on the digital copy but that's me i understand some people won't do that understandably so 
Oh, it's the regular AV pack. Oh no, HD AV pack versus high definition AV pack. What's the difference? Okay. Huh. This one just looks like the underside of the other one, but I have, I mean, I can only see the top. Mine looks like the top, the HD AV pack. That's worth just a little bit more, but I digress. All right, here we go. Steel, uh, let's see here. Mortal Kombat Deception, no, I don't have that. Fatal Frame 1, meh. Steel Battalion, I'm guessing the version with the controller, which is why they say complete in box, because the disc is worth $49.97. Complete in box jumps to $372. I guarantee you that's what that's for. Uh, let's see, an Xbox in an Xbox system in the box is $136? Holy smokes. Let's see here. Fatal Frame 2. Looks like just those random ones that people never bought that port. Call of Cthulhu's 54. Yeah, Xbox is not where you're going to make your money. In fact, it seems to be the smart place to buy PS2 games if you can get them there. So, all right, let's let's take a moment to look at... Uh, I'm just curious what some of the heaviest hitters of some of the most classic consoles are. So what is the most expensive Atari 2600 game? Uh, Pepsi Invaders, which I'm guessing is a promotional cartridge of Space Invaders. Um, 3500 complete, and more importantly, it'll probably be cart only for most people, 1890. And when I say most people, I mean the people who have it. Um, these other ones are like prototypes and stuff like that. Let's get to something that's actually a game most people would have. There you go. Probably one of the rarest that's real is um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is a terrible game I've played recently. Let's see if Berenstein Bears looks legit. That one was from back in the day, but it's a kid vid. So that's why I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have bought it. I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre was also pretty niche, but at 197 for the cart only, that's pretty impressive. Halloween sits in that same world. Um, what's something that would actually have been, you know, pretty, pretty standard. There we go. Glacier Patrol by Telegames. 136. I'm actually impressed by the cart stuff. Let's see if there's anything I remember. I don't remember Garfield. Um, Smurf Save the Day. That one's probably pretty rare. Um, Bachelor Party was a porn thing. Beat him and eat him. <laughs> this is great listening, I'm sure. Uh, the error version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Gremlins. I do remember Gremlins being out there. So Gremlins is probably a bad game, but it is it is the, a classic Atari silver box. 56 bucks for the cart. And not even worth a fraction of that. And for the record, I'm seeing Double Dragon up here. That was a late stage one, so it had a limited print run, I'm sure. But... 52 bucks for Double Dragon. That's actually a decent, like, if you got to put Double Dragon on the Atari 2600, you'd be impressed with how well that one works. But, all right. <coughs> Moving on, let's go to the NES. What are some of the rare games? I bet some of you can even guess. Some of the big one, obviously, Stadium Events still sitting strong at 19 grand-ish. The World Championship carts is about the same, so... There you go. Little Samson still sitting strong at 2400. 
Cheetah Man 2, 1890, but that was... Little Samson was an actual, right? That wasn't, yeah, that was an actual Taito release. So that was that was standard limited print run because it was, it was so late in the game. But uh, I do remember seeing the Bonks Adventure card out there. So if you've got that, I'm going to go card only prices because it's likely you don't have it uh, in complete in box and those that do know what they have. But 826 for uh, Bonks Adventure, which is a okay version of that. I remember the opportunity to get uh, Zombie Nation. I think I sold that off at some point. In fact, I think I have a Gaming History 101 article about what I sold it off for. I'll admit I don't recall very well. But yeah, Zombie Nation's 473 bucks for the cart. Should have hung on to that one. Uh, let's see. Rescue Rangers 2 is 315 um, Mighty Final Fight. Never did buy this, but probably should have at 286 I do love Mighty Final Fight, though. Um... And there, I forgot there is a Mega Man 9 cart out there. I think it's playable, but... Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. There's a Wayne's World game. I vaguely remember that. Oh, my retro USB AVS. I have it complete in box. I have the box and everything. That's worth 315 It must just be because it's the chip shortage. Uh, and probably the biggest one, I remember there's a local mom and pop shop that lets you rent games. And I rented Fire and Ice which is uh, worth, it was cartridge only. It was worth, they were selling it for 119. It's now worth 234. Um, but okay. Indiana Jones, hold on real quick. And The Last Crusade. Okay, I was like, Temple of Doom, really? Anyway, okay. All right, so these are your heavy hitters. This is just to help anyone out there who thinks their stuff's gonna be worth a bunch. All right, let's go on to... <laughs> See what the biggest Sega Master System is. Is it still Buster Douglas? Yeah. Buster Douglas boxing. Looks like Sonic the Hedgehog beats it in cart only, though. Sonic 1 on US Master System is worth $500. Oh, boys and girls. What are we even doing? I do have a Master System 2 console. I have two of them, actually. One of them Jam gave me. I bet the PAL version may not be worth as much. Let's see. Let's see what the PAL Master System 2 is worth. It doesn't even break into the high ones, so yeah, it's probably not worth that much. Oh, wait. No, it's right there. Jam. That Sega Master System Model 2 you sold me for, or you sent me from PAL regions is now worth $115. So thank you, buddy. I'm never going to sell it, but thank you. It's on the shelf, and that's where it will remain. Um, the other big ones is... Uh, looks like Alice... Oh, wait. No, it's... a. Uh, Alf. Alf's up there. 97 for the cart. Fantasy Star, Alice Kid in Shinobi World, Psycho Fox, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ease. So there you go. There's a version of Strider. There's a version of Michael Jackson. The drop-off's pretty heavy. All right. Let's look at the Genesis. <laughs> eh, the shelf is not that big, but... Certain consoles make the shelf, and Jams definitely does. All right, let's see what the Genesis big ones are. I know I have one of them. Trees has the CDX, which is 500 bucks. Musha has just skyrocketed, 263 bucks. I know that one was huge. Um, my old XI, which was a Sega CD Genesis hybrid, 250. You know what? I sold that for like 200. So it looks like that one was smart to do. I do have a complete in box copy of Pure Solar. 200 bucks, I should probably get rid of it because I do have better versions of it. 
I don't think mine's the first edition. I think mine's the second edition. So anyway, let's see what else is here. Splatterhouse 2 is a big one. 138 for the cart. Um, Splatterhouse 3 is another big one. 120. Uh, Legend of Wukong. Elemental Master. Uh, the Punisher. That's a bad port of that arcade game. 120 bucks for cart only. 468 if you've got a complete in box. Sell that tonight. Put that up tonight. Uh, let's see. Um, power base converters now worth 95 bucks. Holy sh... Anyway. Um, and then wrapping up, let's see. Shining Force 2, 82. Uh, Gunstar Heroes is uh, 80. Holy shit. So I just bought the Sega Channel adapter. Uh, loose at a retro convention thing just to have on my shelf. That is on the shelf. And it's apparently worth 80 bucks. Look at that. So, made a mint, right? <laughs> Come buy my Sega Channel adapter that I'm never going to sell. But anyway, interesting. It's also good to see that Hyperstone Heist has come down a little bit. 70 bucks card only, but still sitting strong as over 200 bucks for the uh, box copy of... Uh, turtles to the arcade game but anyway we're gonna wrap up here but uh let's go 16 bit and we'll probably wrap up with um uh with nintendo's nintendo 64 and jaguar but uh, so let's wrap up with nintendo not uh, not nintendo 64 and jaguar we're gonna do nintendo 64 and gamecube and wrap up but long and skinny of it super nes um all those competitive carts worth a ton of money if you have a mortal Kombat not for resale label version that must have been some weird bundle that came out or a promo it's 1400 bucks i'd sell that sucker in a second um the target version of the super nes i don't know how you can tell it loose but it's apparently worth 400 bucks final fight guy which you only bought if they clearanced it out of a uh out of a um, blockbuster, but that's worth 400 bucks then for the stuff that you would actually have, Castlevania Dracula X, 338, 1500 if you got it complete. Mega Man X3, still standing strong, a thousand bucks complete, 330 cart only. Earthbound, 327 cart only, 2350 complete in box. Wild Guns is up there, 322, Super Turrican 2, 322, Evo, 318. Interesting. Not for resale Turtles in Time, 300 bucks. Who knew these not for resales were worth so much? And then the one that blows my mind, Mega Man 7, 246. Didn't know that was that rare. Clearly it is. So, lots of not for resales. If you've, if you're, if you've got a game that wasn't Mario World and it says not for resale on it, you're making some money. You're making hundreds off of that. So I read Super Copa as Super Contra, and I was like, what? Ninja Gaiden Trilogy, 179, 520 complete. Sell that in a heartbeat. Like now. It's not worth it. But anyway. All right, let's see Nintendo 64 and Jaguar as we wrap up. Nintendo 64. Hmm. Again, with the not for resale. The Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut, to my knowledge, was another Blockbuster exclusive. It's a thousand bucks for the card only. Um, 
Turok Rage Wars gray copy instead of, I believe they were black. Were those cartridges? 682. Um, the Wide Boy. Oh, boy. Uh, all right, here we go. WWF No Mercy. It says USA 1, so it must be something specific to that. 325. Good old Team 17 with Worms Armageddon. 300 bucks, card only. A gold N64 system is 300 bucks. Loose. Um, let's see here again with the not for resales. You want to sell those? Definitely want to sell those. Um, let's see where we can find stuff that's actually just normal stuff. Ogre Battle 64, 120 cart only, 300 complete. It's on the Wii store. You can't buy it, but if you own it already, you can re-download it. They just brought back the Wii market. I found that out. I can get my Wii back online and download games again. I won't, but I could. Conquer's Bad Fur Day, 112 for the cartridge, 265. That's got to be a pop culture thing. I cannot believe that's... <laughs> That's it. We're about to find out about Dinosaur Planet, but yeah. Um, let's see here. Die Katana. A hundred bucks for the cart version. 616 for the complete version. Die Katana on the N64. Die Katana, many would argue, is um, not a good game in general, but not as bad as people say. The N64 port is bad. Very bad. And uh, so sell that off. And just buy the Steam version for 99 cents. You'll be happy you did. Um, and if you're selling Die Katana for 100 bucks for your cart only, you could probably find a Chromebook that could play that Steam version. But Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, 89 and 331. The complete in box stuff is always going to spike because those boxes were so easy to tear up. But yeah. So, and then let's wrap up with... GameCube, this has a huge bubble. And these are easier to have complete in box. And so let's see <laughs> see if Dinosaur Planet's worth what uh, it should be. But Cube of War, I know, is one of the most rare games. 334 disc only, around 500. Uh, complete in box. Component video cables, the official Nintendo ones, are 230 Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm thinking of Star Fox, knowing that Dinosaur Planet was adapted into Star Fox. So I'm, I'm making the connection without telling the audience. Uh, Chibi Robo, 155 disc only, 219 complete. I knew that one was a thing. I think Trees had or has Chibi Robo. I remember he played that and liked it back when he was on um, Easy Mode Unlocked. Skies of Arcadia Legends, 127 uh, disc only, 187 complete. Let's see here. Pure Evil 2-pack. I think that's a Resident Evil thing. Let's see, what is this? Yeah, it's Resident Evil 1 and 0 combined into a case. It's 103 uh, disc only, which I'm guessing it just fits in a single disc or two discs, and then 149 complete. Nothing of real note. I wanted to see something that's just worth a ton for no reason. Code Veronica X, 86 disc only, 165 complete. Sell that. Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, 85 and 107. Resident Evil 2, 85 and 107. Shoot. Uh, Twin Snakes, 80 and 102. I remember that was a big one. Twilight Princess, 7850 and 105. Um... 
the Four Swords disc, 65 and 76. Resident Evil 3, 65 and 98. Alien Hominid, remember that one? <laughs> 61 and 81. Eternal Darkness. I do have my complete in-box copy of Eternal Darkness. 60 disc only, 96.42. Ah, oh, man, I should look into selling that. My complete copy of F-Zero GX, 58 and 77. Man, okay, these are stuff that I own. Let's see here. Oh, player's choice version of Twin Snakes is 54 disc only. There you go. Um, Wind Waker, 50 and 65, respectively. My Luigi's Mansion player's choice is 49 and 55. Ikaruga is 47 and 87. That used to be worth a ton. Now it's not so much. Uh, The black label version of Luigi's Mansion, 45 and 60. And it drops off, actually. It's lower than I thought it would be for some of these. Like, let's see. The Steelbook edition of Resident Evil 4 is only... Oh, it's 120. Never mind. It's complete in box. Chaos Bleeds. Buffy Chaos Bleeds. 31 and 65. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Is Star Fox Assault the one that used to be Dinosaur Plant? No, that's not the one. That's 29 and 43. It's the other one. Star Fox Adventures, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. That was the one that started life as Dinosaur Planet. I know it's not the same game or anything, but... Yep. And then, of course, everything that I own is pretty much worthless. My copy of BMX X. No, I'm just kidding. Um... Trying to find just standard stuff like where is Odama the microphone bundle is 28 complete in box. I should look into that. That's worth picking up. Resident Evil 4 player's choice is 18 and 23, but I have the non-player's choice. I have the original release. Soul Calibur 2, my copy is worth 25 bucks. Yeah. See how it drops off fast? <laughs> That looks dope as hell, honestly. <laughs> there we go. Resident Evil 4, 15 and 31. My complete in box copy is 31 bucks. Lucky me. All right. And I think with that, we will call it to a close. We got almost an hour and a half out of it. And you guys probably largely tuned out early on. But it's interesting to see what gamers consider games worth. And I think the point was, as you're listening to this, you're like, would I pay that for these games? Maybe, maybe not. But that is how they decided. So anyway... All right, I want to thank you for listening. This has been Fred Talks. We will be back next week, Trees and I, for another action-packed episode to talk about our vacations and various other things, including gaming, parenting, and uh, running with a marriage. But uh, but yeah, so we will be doing that. And so um, I will bid everyone adieu, and I want to thank everyone who joined me in the chat. You know who you are, but just for clarity, that's Austin Warham, Andrew, and um, Kludrew. So thank you very much. Um, So until next week, happy gaming. in life are free but you can give them to the birds and bees i want money that's what i want that's what i want that's what i want
love gives me such a thrill But your love won't pay my bills I want money 